it's burning for you. Lance Bush is burning, it's burning for you. Welcome to another edition of Lens Burning Bush. I am Len Harvey. Before I bring on my guest for the week and to what's burning my bush this week, I just want to make a little bit of some housekeeping and mention after 114 consecutive weeks, I am going to be taking a a little bit of a break. And I know you're probably sad that you're not going to have new rants to hear and all this thing uh, through November the 5th. But you have 113 to go back to and listen on all of the platforms on demand to catch up with. So please follow me on Facebook, Twitter, my website, LensBurningBush.com, and you will see all the episodes. I will also link during the time I'm off. I'll link to some of the older episodes so that you can catch up on them. For 113 weeks in a row, this is 114. So I've decided it's time to take a little bit of a break. So again... So now, let's get to what is really burning my butch this week, right? So is life just a bingo card and a checklist? This got me wondering, where did the bucket list, actually the term, come from? And why is this an actual thing, right? How long should the list actually be? And what do you do when you finish it all? Do you yell bingo? And you finished your list? I mean, does this mean you got to make another list after you made the list that you made? Uh, I, just, I just don't understand. It. Of, of course, right? Um, if you don't achieve the things on your list, is your life considered a failure? Of course not. But these are the things that I think about, right? I am not one to make such a list. I've already lived a pretty good life. And of course, I have more things to do, right? We all do. But do I really need a list to help me through all of this, right? Here's an example. If I never eat another taco again, I think I'm going to be okay. But if somebody says, hey, Len, you want a taco? I said, yeah, I'll eat it. I mean, come on. However, if I never get to have another slice of New York pizza, that would make me pretty sad. But the focus on a bucket list, I had to look, you know, look this up. I wanted to be prepared for you guys, right, is to live a life with hopes and aspirations, No kidding. I mean, isn't that what we want to do anyway? Making a bucket list allows us to reflect on the value and the goals and identify important milestones and experiences that we want to have within our lifetime. It's from kick the bucket to die, right? And then plus the list, right? Hence the list of things to do before you die. So I started again to ask myself, when did this become a thing? And the term was used in 1999 by American and British screenwriter uh, Justin Zackham. In his screenplay, of course, you're waiting for this, the 2007 movie The Bucket List. One of my favorite movies, actually, to be honest with you. Jack Nicholson and Morgan Freeman trying to drive you to the store. Morgan Freeman. Two terminally ill men escape from a cancer ward and head off on a road trip with a list of... Do's to do's before they die, right? This is a good movie. If you haven't watched it, you should go back and watch uh, the movie. It is very well done. So in 2004, the term was used perhaps for the first time in the context of things to do before one kicks the bucket, right? So I don't have a huge problem with people actually making these lists, but when they post their vacation photos, and of course, during the time that they posted, every picture said, I got to cross this one off my bucket list. Enough. If you don't cross everything off, and God forbid you die before you finish the list, 
I don't think you're going to remember whether or not you didn't finish it anyway, right? We're just going to be gone. So I think it's not that big of a deal. So stop making your list already. All right. With that being said, it's time to bring on my guest for the week. She is making her second appearance on Lens Burning Bush. She last appeared uh, back in May of 2021 on episode 59, Cicada Cicada. She is a life adventurist. She has a podcast, the Holistic Life Podcast, with her husband, Jay. Let's welcome Jenny Halla back to Lens Burning Bush. And Jenny, I'm going to put you on the, uh, the big screen. And wait, let me get some applause for you. Welcome to Lens Burning Bush for the second time. Can you believe that? Holla. Oh, my gosh. Your rant, I think, was perfect because I did not do as much research as you did about the bucket list specifically, but I just thought that name never sat well with me. Yeah. And so, of course, I was like, well, hey, have the life adventurous list. Yeah. Because my perception of the bucket list was, you know, waiting until you were about to die like that movie. Okay, I'm old. I'm retired. Now it's time to go cross the things off. And I've always been like, well, why do you have to wait? Yeah. Why do you have to wait? You don't have to wait. You can still have these experiences your whole life. And what I like about the idea, like you said, is that if it helps keep things in front of you, you know, like to help you remember. So for example, one thing I've talked about with the life adventurous list as I've coined it for myself is, you know, maybe you say, okay, what do I want to accomplish or what do I want to do this year that would be fun? And so one year, for example, I said I wanted to visit 50 different parks in the state of Texas or anywhere else I had been. And so with the, with those parks, like it was fun for me to write down the parks I had been to and where I hiked and how far I hiked. And while I didn't make it to 50 for the year, I think I made it to like 40. And I was like, sweet, because had that not been in front of me, I might not have even gotten out as much and explored the area when I was out and about. Again, no problem with that at all. I just don't like to hear 20-somethings or 30-somethings all of a sudden saying, oh, I, I went to Wrigley Field. Oh, my God, I crossed that off my bucket list. I mean, you're, if you live to be 80, we hope you go to Wrigley Field a little more than just the one time, right? I mean, enough right. already. It's just right. I'm, I'm sick of it. My wife does it all the time, too. I want to go to this one. Or, you know, I was hoping to go see Tom Petty off my bucket list, but unfortunately he died, so we can't go to see him now. It's mm. like, you, you know, just do what you do. And if you don't finish it or you don't do it, I mean, it's not that big of a deal. But I see people all the time with the bucket lists and this. So I got to go here. I got to go. I'm going to Italy and I got to see this. You know what I wanted to do when I went to Italy? I wanted to eat pizza and drink wine. That's all I cared about. I went on a gondola ride in Venice. But other than that, I'm not going to see the site. I I don't care. Like everybody always like I was in uh, New Jersey a couple of weeks ago to visit some friends and they asked me, you know, why I was coming into town. I just, I just wanted to come into town and everybody said, well, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm going to dinner with this one. I'm going to lunch with this one. I'm going to dinner again at this one. And they're like, well, you're pretty much just coming in to eat food. I go, yeah, I don't need to go. I've, I've lived here. I don't need to go right. to the Statue of Liberty. I don't need to go down to Manhattan. I've been there. I, I just don't understand why everybody's got to make such a, a big deal and have to schedule everything. And the whole thing is just everything's got to be just go and do stuff. It's, it's fun. to. I mean, I, I agree with you that I look at the year and I say, oh, I want to go to Vegas in October. I want to do this and whatever. And yeah, if that's making a list, then okay, I do that. But I am not making a list that says, you know what, if I don't go to the Grand Canyon, because I got to be honest with you, 
that if I ever go to the Grand Canyon, it might be like a Clark W. Griswold moment where I might look at the Grand Canyon and go, this is great, this is great, and let's go. That that that's me. I mean, that's just kind of the way it is. If I never, if I never, I know, I know, but I don't. don't, I'm sorry, Jenny. I just don't care. (laughs) I I I mean, everybody has to go see all these things and wonderful sights. And you know what? If I don't get there, I don't get there. If I go, I'll try to enjoy it. But I was just, you know, anticipating it to be a Clark W. Griswold moment. From if you haven't seen the movie Vacation, then I mean, it is it is predating myself here, but. I just didn't I, – I just don't get the bucket list. I love the movie. I love the premise of, you know – and, again, they were dying. They knew they were dying, right? That's a, that's a little bit different, I think, than some 50-something or 49-year-old that says, I got to cross this off my bucket list, right? You don't know you're dying, yeah. and you don't need to act like you're dying, right? You know, I, I'm hearing two different things with this conversation. Like, I'm hearing one thing that has to do potentially with – like societal expectations or maybe wanting to be, you know, seen a certain way or you're wanting to cross off something a certain way because that's what everybody else is doing. And like you said, like for you, going to Italy means eating the the pizza and drinking the wine and experiencing it from that perspective. And for me, I still want to see the sights because they're amazing, but also there's different layers of experiences. And one thing that the other thing that I was thinking about as we were talking about this is there's a tool that I use with my clients. It's called three MIQs, which is the three most important questions. And what it does is it's, you make three columns on a piece of paper and you give yourself a time limit. So the time limit could be say three minutes or five minutes because you just want to write what's on the top of your head. And then the first column, you're going to write down all the experiences that you want to have. And so now you're focusing not necessarily on like, you know, checking off a list, like you're saying, you're like, what do I want to experience? Like for me, one of my things is I really want to see orca whales in their natural environment. And I want to go ride my bike on the coast of Croatia or whatever, you know, everybody's going to have different experiences that they want. And then the middle column is growth. So you're going to think about, okay, for these experiences, who do I have to become to be able to achieve that? You know, what kind of things can I grow grow into? What do I need to do in order to like do those experiences? And the third column is contribution. And what contributions do I want to give back to humans to the earth to you know the people i serve and you don't have to be in some big business or have some big thing to give a contribution a contribution could be smiling at everybody that walks by you i mean it could be something yeah small that makes a huge impact well one of the things i mean i i i had similar things happen but you know the song uh tim mcgraw live like you were dying right he he wrote it about when he started to get close with it with it with his father tug that when he was dying you know it was a whole thing that, you know, you want to live, you know, skydiving, sky, you know, do the things that you want to do. And I kind of felt that when my father died at 70 and I started to think, like, I'm 40-something, mm-hmm. right? How long do I have? And I started to think, like, oh, well, I have to start living for today. But that didn't want to make me make a list. It just – I wanted to just buy things that I – instead of just waiting for stuff – I'm going to buy something or I'm going to do something or I'm going to, we're going to go to Italy. We're going to go here. We're going to go there, but not necessarily where I sit there and cross it off like a bingo game. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's all I I wanted to say today. You know, it's again, everybody's got their own idea and I'm not, you know, if you make your bucket list and you're happy with it, I just think, you know, you got plenty of time. Hopefully I know life is weird. You might not, but 
It's uh, when you when they see the twenty somethings and the thirty somethings talking in that vernacular, I I really have a problem with that, and that's what burns my bush. So there you go. So well, you know, one of my bucket list items was being on this show. Twice. Oh, look at that! See, you know, and, you, <laughs> and and let's go one more time. There you go, and you've experienced it twice now. So. It my is, life is complete. Life is, and it's pretty much over. Like I said, if if I all of a sudden grab my chest during this episode, I have I have lived a great life because I've had you on twice as well. So that's there is there is all of that. So you have uh, the life adventurist. You you also you have your podcast with your husband. You are just an amazing. I mean, all the things that you do. Um, I watch a lot of people on YouTube, and I see people do where they, they go camping and they, they live in, a, in an RV and they experience the world. And you're doing that right now, right? You're doing stuff like that. Why don't you talk about yeah, that so a little bit? A year ago, well, it's been a little past a year. So May 4th of last year, Jews, Len, what year is it right now? 2022? Okay, uh, May 4th you know, I'm sorry. I put myself, I got all screwed up. It is 2022. <laughs> and I was trying to put you okay. on solo screen and I put myself, nobody wants to see me. Um, no, I, 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 it is 2022 now. So go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. So May 4th of 2021, we left and prior, we sold everything. We sold our beds, our furniture, we sold everything and put just the key items in a small five by five storage. And we left Florida, which was home. And we have been, we say nomading, of course, that's a bit of a trendy word, but it is essentially what we're doing. We're nomading around the United States. And we have chosen a little different route than what is so popular, you know, van life and RV life. We actually stay at Airbnbs, like this beautifully decorated Airbnb I'm at right now, <laughs> you know, like yeah. this is where I'm at. And, I, and it just is what it is, you know, like this is the background as much as I'd love to have a perfect background and all this stuff, like. All of our life is in our car, right? So what if it fits, it ships. Like <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we've yeah. been we've been around. We we actually happen to be back in Florida right now, but we've been, you know, Idaho and Montana and um, Arizona, and New Mexico and Texas and you've South been Dakota. The, you've been living the Johnny Cash song. I've been everywhere, man. <laughs> you've been pretty much yeah. doing it. Hey, that is a fantastic thing. And, and, and yeah. you know, I don't count the number of states that I've been to, but I know that I've been to most of them, right? And and mm-hmm. there's a few that I haven't been, but I'm not sitting there going, uh, state number 44 off the list, you know. I don't really care. Nobody, you know, nobody cares that I've made it to 44 states or whatever, right? Um, I'm, I'm guilty of that for yeah. sure in college. Like, I, I was, like, counting the states. I was counting the countries. I was like, oh, my God, I've been to – I don't remember, but like 21 countries. Like I was like really excited about that, but I agree with you. Like I've shifted to where it's more about the experiences and I do want to visit every state because I I'm excited about the cultures and the people and the food and the, you know, like we have been so many unique places in the United States and they're also different, very different. We've been in a, we, we stayed in Northern Idaho, which is, like God's country and guns and live off the land and survival. And, you know, like it's a whole different vibe up there with a lot of amazing people. And we've also been in other areas, which is the complete opposite of that. All amazing people. You know what I'm saying? Like to see the whole spectrum and appreciate and connect with people like that to me is what I find magical about visiting the 50 States or all the countries or whatever the, the thing is well you know what's funny is you're doing something that i have always said that you need to do before you retire is to do like i always thought that the world is backwards like i think we should be retired until we're 45 
and then we should work till you die. And then pretty much, you know, the other way, because when you have, it's like, it's weird when you actually have money to go places in your fifties and sixties, you don't have the energy to do it. It's like, you're doing what I would have wanted. I mean, I did a lot of traveling, um, throughout my whole life. I haven't just done it in certain, but my fifties have been really good, right? I'm trying to do more of that where I go to different places. I'm going to go to Hawaii. I'm going to go here and there. And I like that because I want to do it, you know, for fun. But I saw a couple that retired. Uh, they were not that much older than, than myself. And they decided to sell their home in Seattle. And I did a story on this and they actually decided they like going on cruises. So they have spending all of their time on cruise ships in the last year or two. And that's an interesting wow. way to do it. Now, granted, those midnight buffets are pretty good, but I don't know. <laughs> I, I want to be off the boat at some point. That's a little bit too much of being a little – I like to keep my feet on right. the ground and keep reaching for the stars. So right, I, right. I, I don't know. What do you think about – I mean, that's another way to do it, right? You To go ahead and, and just live life on a cruise, go to Alaska, go wherever, right? I think – I think the thing that speaks to me about that specific story and really what we're talking about and what I have like had a huge desire to like help people with and what I just like, what lights me up is exactly what you said, like living life on your terms and finding what that is. Like maybe the way that I've done it or the way that couple did is not your thing, but what is your thing? What excites you? I mean, if anything, I would say that the lockdowns from everything that, some of us, because obviously every area had a different scenario as far as like what that looked like. But I would say there's a good chance that that had you pause and really think about what am I doing? Yeah. You know, what is it I want out of life? Do I like my job? Do I like my house? Do I like where I live? Do I, like, I, I think that's like just pausing and really asking, am I doing something automatic or am I consciously making this decision because it's what I want to do? Yeah. And you know, it's, what's funny. I, I like to say, you know, I I've said this, uh, I had my birthday in April and I made a comment, like I'm living my best life now. Not that I didn't live a good life before that, but I think now I'm really living my best life. And my 93 year old father-in-law lives with us and he mm -hmm. moved from Florida a few about three years ago to live with us. And he's out there. We call him the groundskeeper because he goes ahead and cuts the grass. He's out on the lawn, lawnmower, the rider, and he just loves it. He just does all this stuff. And if, if he didn't do it, he, he would just sit in his room. But he likes to have something to do. He's like the handyman. Like, uh, I'm going to date myself, but there was a show called One Day at a Time, like Schneider. Um, so he does all that stuff. But he says to me, he goes, you know, we'll have, um, we'll do, uh, we watch Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy. We kind of, I know we're old school. We, we watch that. And what we'll do is we have a cocktail maker. So we make a, a, an old-fashioned. We'll all sit and drink and watch Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. And he says, I'm living the best life I'm living now, like at 93. So that's the kind of thing that uh, you you never know when that's going to happen and, and to take a step back. I mean, that's why I started this podcast uh, April of 2020, kind of thinking the same thing. Like, you know, if something were to happen, like, what am I going to do? Like, what am I good at? What do I? So you start to think about those type of things. And, you know, mm -hmm. so anyway, speaking of Jeopardy, I don't know if you got a chance to watch um, – Probably not because you're the nomad that you are, but I will let you know that there was a great story on Jeopardy just recently, and I don't want to spoil it for those of you that don't know, but Ryan Long is from Philadelphia. He's a champion on Jeopardy, 16-time 
uh, champion, won $299,000 on Jeopardy. And I don't, if you, I don't know if you know the story, but, wow. but basically, uh, unfortunately, he, had, uh, he was a bus driver. He had got COVID and was in the hospital for, I don't know, months or, or so, and wound up where he couldn't really work. So he, became, uh, he, he started to work as an Uber driver. Um, and, and then he didn't get a chance to really prepare on Jeopardy, but he went on Jeopardy and really got there, barely had enough money to get there, got on Jeopardy, and I think he brought two dress shirts with him and then wound up winning, and they were helping him with clothes, and he forgot his glasses. And if you watch the first couple of times he was on, he's sitting there squinting because he doesn't have the thing. Just a great story. And there were people that when he lost his 16th game on Monday, he lost to a Minnesota meteorologist, Eric Hastick. Um, but he told, I didn't throw the game. You know, I didn't lay down. The guy just actually did it. He kind of wants to just, you know, spend time now. And his biggest thing was just being able to take his eight-year-old son somewhere. Mm-hmm. And that was all he really cared about. But $299,000 he won. He's going to be back for the Tournament of Champions in the fall. And I just think that's a tremendous story. Yeah, I love that. It is. And, it, I, and that goes to show you there's a, lot, there's a lot of ways to live your life. Yeah. There's a lot of ways to live your life. You know, just remember, like, check in and see, are you living your life, like, on purpose? Like, is it you actively making that decision? Or are you just, like, on autopilot doing the things that you've always done or doing the things that your friends do or your parents do or your town does or or even, like, we can get into expectations, what's expected of you? You know, are you actively choosing what you're doing. Right. And, and I always, I've been saying this, um, as a, as a baseball coach, as a, you know, uh, you know, I've got two kids of my own. I I've had conversations with kids. I was like, you know, enjoy your life like at 12 years old and 13, because I think a lot of kids do not now they do not enjoy their life because they're constantly being schlepped to sporting events, right? You did it. You, 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 uh, you played softball, right? You, you know what that is, but I like to think there's got to be a little bit better balance for these kids. I always like to tell the story of me. Okay. I've been bowling for 40 plus years. Okay. Longer than that even. And I bowl on Thursday nights in a league where I see my friends and I have a few cold ones. Okay. I'm not going to tell you how many, but I have a couple of cold ones and I enjoy myself every week. But there are Thursday nights that I don't want to go. So I always like to tell the parents, when the kid tells you that he loves what he's doing and he loves baseball and he loves football, but he also loves being a kid. And when you can't be a kid for a little bit, I mean, one thing, there's a lot of scheduling that goes on with kids these days. And I remember just having neighborhood games where we would just – play baseball or play football. We would do all the seasons. And I brought my friends on for episodes back in the day where, again, I'm getting to be that old man on the lawn. But I just think that if you could just stop for a minute and stop the scheduling and, you know what, tell your kid, you know what, this weekend you don't have to go to that game. You want to go to the pool party where Jessica's going to be there? Go right ahead. Because I think that the kids will miss that later on in life. What are your thoughts of that? You know, when I reflect back on my own experience, my memories are I loved playing and going to things. So I'd be curious what my parents would say. Like, did I ever give any pushback? Or, you know, did I, because I, from memory, I feel like I loved it. But also, I remember for me, 
I had friends throughout the years that would be upset with me because I wouldn't be able to hang out with them. Exactly. Like, but I'm playing ball. I know. But I loved what I was no, doing. So it and, was like, and I do not doubt that. My my argument to this whole thing is not whether or not the kids actually like to be on the field, but it's yeah. the schlepping. And if you, you, you get somebody like on a weekend, let's say you're 11 years old and you get invited to a pool party that you can't go to, but you have a game and you're like, and you're kind of regretting it a little bit. But when you get there, you have a good time. It's kind of like invited to that party that you don't want to go. And Jay says, come on, let's go to the party. Let's go ahead and do it. And you're like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. You're kicking and screaming. He puts you in the car. You get there and you have a wonderful time. It's the same yeah. kind of thing, right? Same concept? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I think what you did, you enjoyed it thoroughly, and that's great. But I've talked to people who were swimmers, and they were in the pool every day but Christmas every year. And it, it gets to be, to me, I think yeah. that's a little much. I like seasons. I like to separate where you have baseball season, you got football season. I don't like to do anything all year round. I don't even bowl mm-hmm. all year round. I like to swim in the summer. I like to... You know, play. I like to bowl in the fall or whatever. I always just like to play baseball or football, whatever, in the fall. I never like to uh, do the same thing all year because it becomes a job after a while. Um, you know, and, and you say that, and it brings up a, a memory. This is more as an adult, so like college. Um, I played three sports in college. I did two study abroad, so I was busy, right? And I have friends who went to NKU. So a, what is NKU a D2, I think, a D2 college? Uh, now it's D1. Yeah. Okay. Back 10 years yeah, ago. Yeah, it wasn't. It was, it was it, it just recently in the last five, 10 years. Okay. And then I went to Rio Grande, which was an NAIA school. So I had friends who went and played softball at, at um, NKU. And in the summers, I would play, I would still play softball in the summers. And I would try to get my friends, because we all grew up playing ball together. I tried to get them to come out and play. And they were like, No. I need a break because for them, they had morning workouts. They had afternoon workouts. They had study tables. When they left for um, uh, winter break, they had to weigh out. They had to weigh back in. Like it was a very strict schedule. And for me in my college, we didn't have all that. Like we'd be like, coach, can we have off Friday? You'd be like, go ahead, go enjoy your weekend. Or, hey, if we have good practice this week, you can take off the weekend. Or, you know, we had, like you said, more of that balance. And so I still enjoyed it. But they were they were done. They were done in off season. Now, here's the question though, and I'm really curious about this. Like we did good overall. NKU that year specifically won. They went undefeated. So well, maybe is it that does necessary? work. I don't know. Uh, well, and that's you know? the thing that I like to ask you. And you know, kind of, I have this theory. Okay, and it's just a theory, but I I really believe it because I always look at the eye test for me, and the eye test is if I can look at somebody and say they're going to be a decent ball player, right? I could tell right away. I knew a couple kids at eight years old. I could tell immediately mm-hmm. that they're going to be really good. So my argument to this is, if I could tell that at eight years old, why do they need to play travel ball and all this stuff? Because to me, if they go to high school and play high school ball, which is not as big of a deal anymore, it used to be. But when they play high school ball, okay, who's to say they can't get a college scholarship by just playing high school ball? If you're good, they're going to find you, aren't they? Or am I wrong on that? My, my counter question or point to that or, you know, is Ohio versus Florida, Texas, Arizona, because I agree with you. But at the same time, after moving to Florida and being around, you know, kids in Texas, like we just went to a friend's um, son's baseball game in Texas, being able to play year round 
I don't know if it's perception that those kids are better. They get first look. At least it was softball back in the day. That's how it was. They got first look. And Ohio being an outfielder, it was like, who are you? Like, mm, don't care. That was my experience. Though, but so no question sure. no question about that. And it is an advantage. But why do they need to? My argument is, why do they need to play all year round? I don't know if it's perception. I don't know if it's keeping you, you know, fresh. I, I don't know. There's now, two schools of thought, right? There's, yeah, if you play I, something so many, so long, number one, there's burnout. I always look mm-hmm. at Rebecca uh, from uh, the WNBA, you know, there's burnout. You play AAU basketball all the way through, Deladon is her name. You play all the way through for eight years old, all the way up to 18, and you never get a break. And then you go to University of Connecticut and you see Gina Ariema. You get there and you're like, I'm done. I'm, I'm quitting because you, mm-hmm. you just don't, you know. And again, she went back to school at Delaware. She wound up going to the WNBA anyway. But my point is, is it just, it, there's some level of burnout with all of it. And maybe, you know, you find or maybe you don't. But if you're a good player, it seems like they will find a way to overlook the fact that you haven't played all year round if you're really good. That's all. I definitely agree with that. And it's interesting, you know, talking about this, because I I agree with the points that you're saying with kids and having, because all of that applies to adults. And it makes me wonder if a lot of the people who are um, overachievers or workaholics or identify with their work and the people who get these burnout situations in corporate or their own business or whatever, if a lot of that is rooted in what we're talking about. Oh, I think it has to be. wonder. It has to be. Yeah. Because again. You learn those behaviors and then you apply them as an adult. I see all these these families, even in Northern Kentucky and in in Cincinnati area, where their kid plays. I was talking to a kid uh, just recently. He plays for a high school locally here. He's playing for this this, uh, team in Ohio, all-star, whatever they call them now, travel team. Um, and he's playing for that. And, and then when during high school season, he's practicing six days a week. He's a really good player. But at some point I said to him, I go, you know, why the two teams? Why not just play high school ball and be done with it? You've already done it. I mean, the problem I see with all these teams is like they, they have eight, eight-year-olds, nine, 10, 11, 13, whatever. Who, I mean, who cares how many championships you win at, at 11 years old? Nobody cares. Um, you know, I'm just, I, I really believe that there's too much of, that and there's too much of the other way where they give a trophy away. So it's kind of like a, a combination yeah. of, of a lot of things. But I, I'm a sports fan, but I think a lot of these kids get burnt out and they're, they don't understand the pitching. They don't, I mean, the wind up where even major league players are all getting hurt because they constantly played. I think we need to take a step back and, and just, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe that would be a way for adults to be better people too. We can, we can see that. So, um, it is, uh, amazing. But uh, one thing that I want to bring up kind of unrelated, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, if you're a fan of Madonna, are you a fan of Madonna? Madonna, Madonna? I do like her, but I don't, I have no idea what's going on with her. No, 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 no. You, you, okay. you don't need to. I just wanted to know if you were a fan okay. of Madonna. Yes. Yes. So uh, the show Ozark has a character, Julie, Julia Garner. Uh, she, okay. she plays in the show Ozark. She's apparently been, uh, ch- she's going to be looking to play the role of Madonna. She's reportedly been offered the role huh. of Madonna in a universal biopic. And that's according to variety. Um, uh, Gartner Garner rather is 28 and she's, you know, apparently going to play the material girl who's now 63. And, uh, huh. that's going to be an interesting, but, uh, Julia Garner, you got to watch, uh, uh, Ozark's a pretty, pretty cool show. If you haven't already seen it. 
Yeah, I'm now I'm wondering. I have seen it, and I'm now I'm wondering how Madonna ties into a new season of Ozark. Is she it, just like performing it, at the casino or something? No, 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 no. It has nothing. <laughs> this is nothing to do with Ozark at all. Oh, Ju- Julia oh. Gar- Julia Garner is an actress on the show Ozark. And she has been chosen. Let me start okay, again. Hold on. Let me do this again. Let me go. All right. She is being chosen to play Madonna in a oh, biopic that's coming out, according to Variety. Okay. It's going to follow the Evita star's early life and rise to fame as the world's uh, foremost pop superstar. Uh, and they're in talks. Uh, Julia Fox is also reportedly in talks to portray Madonna's longtime bestie, Debbie Mazur as well. So ah. just uh, just wanted to bring that up if you like Madonna that Julia Garner who plays in Ozark, okay? Nothing to do with Which which character is she in Ozark? She's Ruth, Ruth. Oh. The blonde. Oh, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, exactly. Sorry I brought that up. That, <laughs> that just that, that was just uh, not working for me. But uh, one thing that is working and they're going to have Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle are apparently slated to uh, be on stage together. September the 3rd at the O2 in London. Uh, so oh, wow. Rock finally broke his silence after the whole thing with the slap and, and the whole thing. But him and Dave Chappelle are going to be performing together. Uh, so that's that's a big thing. So a lot of stuff going to be happening in the next few months. Of course, I'll be taking my break. Well-deserved break, right? After 114 weeks, yeah. November, back in November, uh, on November the 5th. But again, you can listen to all of these episodes on Facebook at Lens Burning Bush. You can follow along at Lens Burning Bush uh, on Twitter, YouTube channel, Len Harvey, all of those episodes on there. And uh, keep in mind, you know, you can get the episodes on Amazon, all the different places. But on my website, lensburningbush.com, all the episodes are listed, all the videos are now listed. So even though we're live on Facebook and on Twitter and YouTube, you can catch up with all the older episodes. So Jenny, why don't you give your website and uh, anything else that you could think about that we didn't bring up? Yeah, I'd say right now the the best place to connect with us, I'd say there's three options for you as far as connecting. One is the the handle here on the screen, however I point to it, right there. And so that's on Instagram. And then also our business page is at the number two uh, underscore the letter J, Hala. And we are just like you, we take breaks sometimes on social media, but that's where we post a lot of our nomad journey. We post other things on there. Um, we also, you can find all of the rest of our links at solo, S-O-L-O dot two, T-O forward slash the Hollas, H-O-L-L-A-S. And that's where you can get the links to the podcast and all the rest of the stuff. Holla. Holla. Well, I really appreciate you coming on again. I'm going to play my my theme song again. I don't know what you thought of it, but the band Blue Jelly came up with this. You like it? It's got a little kick to it, huh? Lance Bush is burning. It's burning for you. Lance Bush is burning. It's burning for you. Well, thank you, Jenny Holla, and thanks to my great band, Blue Jelly, for coming up with the theme song. I'm Len Harvey. Remember, we're taking our break, 114 weeks. We'll be back again with Lens Burning Bush on November the 5th with all new episodes uh, every week after that. In the meantime, go catch up. 113 episodes. You can go catch up to all of the episodes, and you can listen on LensBurningBush.com. So, everyone, have a wonderful summer. And so long.